Hey, hi, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of I Watch It So You Don't Have To. I'm Maddie, as always, and today we are in for a true treat. We're going to be talking about the film Taxidermia. The film was originally released in Hungary in 2006 and then had a small U.S. release that I think got around $10,000 in the U.S. and that released in 2009. The director is Georgi Palfi. Before we get into any of the meat... Um, even though I'm a vegetarian, um, that wasn't necessary to add, okay. <laughs> Before we get into uh, the meat of the story, I just want to give a quick trigger warning that we are going to be talking about metrophobia, fat phobia, and there is some violence and discussion of genitalia, so if that, any of that type of stuff bothers you, you know what to do. Leave. This film is not great. Um, so yeah, this film is called Taxidermia. I originally stumbled upon it when I was looking for body horror films on Letterboxd, I don't know if I said this before, but I'm a huge horror fan, and my favorite subgenre of horror is I have two. I love cult horror, and I love body horror. I love Society by Brian Usna. It's one of my favorite films of all time, and I love weird things. Oh, um, Tetsuo the Iron Man, another amazing body horror film. I think it's really interesting to see the whole body take transformation. I think practical and special effects are also super interesting, and, um, I just I think that they can be extremely powerful when used correctly. Um, this film is not one of those um, chances or one of those times, but this film I didn't hate it. You know I didn't love it. I would never suggest it to anyone or say you know what you need to go you need to watch this. But I didn't hate it. I wasn't dreading it. I did fast forward not too much. I'll tell you when I did fast forward. Um, through the video, but I don't hate it, so I just want to get that out there. It taxidermia follows three people. All it's supposed to be all in a family. I'll tell you why it's not really all in a family, but it's supposed to be three men out of a, um, a lineage and how they all cope with their lives um, after the fall of communism in Hungary. So I was really confused for a while on like what this film is about and why it was made, and. You know, I might just be a film critic here, but I think that the whole purpose of this is just to discuss the issues of um, Soviet influence on Hungary. And I just want to say that I personally am a communist, so I don't agree with anything that this film is saying. But I also don't worship Stalin, so um, I think that like this film is it's, it's interesting, and I think that it does. Once you sit down and try to understand it more, it has more of a purpose than just having weird perverted vignettes i'm personally not um a historian on uh, hungary and i did have to google some things and educate myself about hungarian history to make this make a little bit more sense but we'll just start talking about it so the movie begins with um i forgot oh morish govani who is someone who um he works under a commander and so it's just him and his commander in the small village and for some reason, he is a peeping Tom for this house. Like, the story wasn't really established in the beginning, and it just sort of expects you to stumble along. So what I gathered is that he is stationed in a house across from women, but because he's been forced um, to be lower than someone for so long, he doesn't really know how to act and therefore has perverted tendencies. Um, I was really concerned when I first saw this vignette because I really hate female exploitation, and I think that I've talked about this before in my Hanukkah video, just how much I hate straight women, quote-unquote straight women, having sex for um, the, the man in the video's pleasure, um, and this did have that 
barely. It was these two Hungarian women in a bathtub, and they were bathing each other, and the peeping Tom, Moishkov, pardon me, what the heck was that noise? Moishkovani, he um, peeps in on them, and then I think he truly understands his perverted tendencies, and because he's been sheltered for so long, I think that he has a bit of a creepy awakening. I don't think that he's, like, a fucked up person. I think that, but, like, honestly, if you're sheltered for all your life, you should still know, like, not to whip out your dick in front of other people. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, he was watching women um, play with snowballs, like, have a snowball fight, and then he started to, like, fuck a hole in the wall. So, um, yeah. (laughs) When I say that out loud, I'm really thinking, like, why did I watch this? Um, so the first vignette really concerned me and I was like, why am I watching this? Because I truly hate, um, I think in, in, I I like to read as well and it's called Splatterpunk and it's just disgusting things, um, for the purpose of grossing the viewer out. Thankfully, um, the other two vignettes were not too much like this, uh, extremely, but I was nervous about this, but so basically, yeah, he is stationed and has perverted tendencies because he's been sheltered for so long and forced to submit under his commander. So that's really all of his story. At the end, he has a vision. Uh, it's it's unsure whether it's a vision or real life. So he is having intercourse with a woman on top of a pig in a bathtub. You know, that's how so many people like get it on. I don't know how it is in Hungary, but like that's exactly how we do it here in America. So I don't know if they took American influence, but everyone that I know gets in their bathtub, puts down a pig, and then starts fucking. You know what I'm saying? It just really gets those that puts everyone into heat you know what i'm saying so after he has sex with this woman um it's it's still unsure if he did because it's not clear in the movie um there are implications of him just have like fucking the pig because there are like still shots between the lady and the pig and then when his commander finds him he's just on top of a pig so how i'd interpret it is that it was just um it was all a dream um, that he was actually not having sex with someone, but instead fucking a pig. Um, anyways, so yeah, it, it's like, it's kind of a purposeless vignette. You don't really need to know much. It's just sort of like, I would say it's like splatterpunk. Um, but I also noted that, like, despite his moral misdoings, like, you know, having sex with a hole in the wall, he does have some sort of moral compass, and I think that's to, um, like, totalitarianism, um, and which might indicate, like, um, Soviet soldiers' submission to their government. I'm just spitballing here. I'm kind of just like, maybe that's what makes sense. Um, because Morushkovani does care about what his commander has to say, but his commander does not care about Morushkovani because when he sees him um, on top of the pig with his penis in it, he shoots him. <laughs> so I, I tend to overexplain things. I'm just going to say it quickly. Morushkovani is um, stationed, is a pervert, fucks a pig, dies. Um, And this is where it gets kind of confusing. Because the woman that he was um, thought to have been having sex with, she was pregnant, apparently, and had a kid. So is it Morushkovani's child? We don't know. Um, I personally don't think it is, but... Yeah, so the lady who Morishkovani was um, fantasizing about has a baby. The a, a man comes, um, apparently her husband or something like that. He comes and sees the baby in a bathtub, 
I think that's another, like, aforementioned to the, like, it's, it's really weird, because they try to have plenty of imagery surrounding with, like, bathtubs, and I think them being used as vessels for something, but through, like, the second and the third vignette, the bathtub allegory disappears, so I feel like if that was used as a sense of theming or supposed to connect the two story, the three stories, it did not work at all. Anyways, the baby's in the bathtub, um, the dad picks it up and notice that the baby has a tail. So, the baby having a tail has no significance to the story. The dad cuts it off. Why was that included in the story? There really was no reason for it. And I really hate purposeless, like, I really hate purposeless, um plot points and and plot holes it's like if character has red hair and dyes it black in the movie but there was no reason for that like don't include it that's that's what i think so the baby with the tail is named kalman i'm not sure i'm saying that correctly i'm not hungarian um but he grows up to be competitive eater you don't really get to see any of his childhood these um vignettes are extremely sporadic and they just move from baby to adulthood so it's pretty fast-paced. Every vignette's about 30 minutes. So now we're to the second one. Um, the baby, Kalman, who used to have a tail, doesn't matter. <laughs> he grows up to be a competitive eater. And this is where I had to fast-forward because there is just a lot. I would say, like, 10 minutes as an aggregate of just footage of, like, people eating disgusting food. And not a lot. Like, it, like... <laughs> I could definitely sit through it, but I really just didn't see there was any purpose to it. Like, there's really no dialogue. There's no character building. You're just watching people eat. And if I wanted to watch people eat sloppily, I would watch a mukbang. And I really just... I understand it's there as, like, a horror vehicle, but it just was wasted time, in my opinion. And I didn't really want to sit through it. So, he's a competitive eater. He likes to slurp up soup that looks like toilet water and likes to eat sausage. Um... That looks like excrement. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a competitive eater. I'm not really sure, like, the connection, but I think that they, this is why I think that the whole thing is based off of, like, Soviet influence, because the so-called communists um, are the ones who organize these eating competitions, and they are the ones who suggest the food. So I think this is supposed to be, like, um, a message of uh, Soviet people putting people through pain, um, and suffering in order for pleasure, um, and self-enjoyment, that's what I get from it, at least, like, I'm, I'm not, and just to reiterate, I'm not agreeing with anything that any of these things that I interpret as a messaging, I interpret them as the director's message, and I, I'm not saying that I endorse any of these things, so Kalman, the competitive eater, he is eating a lot, but doesn't really, um, he never wins first place, so not really sure why that had to be included again, um, but he, when he's eating the sausage, he doesn't win, but he does get, um, a spoon stuck in his esophagus, I guess, and so he ends up in the hospital, and a lady, one of the members of the Communist Party, I believe, um, named Gizzy, falls in love with Kalman, and they end up getting married, of course, any marriage, any wedding, and a film, and a horror film goes horrifically, one of Kalman's, um, competitors, Bela, um, during their wedding, Bela and Gizzy have sex, <laughs> so, and they run away together, um, during their wedding, and Kalman sings a little song, so that was really fun, um, really, really important, 
Um, so once again, I think like maybe I'm piecing this together now. Maybe because Gizzy is pregnant and has a child. Um, so I'm wondering if this is Kalman's kid or Bella's kid because it might just be another, um, bastard child. Just saying, that's what I might be getting at. So Gizzy's child might not be Kalman's child, if you know what I'm saying. But I'll talk more about this later, but I did have an issue because in the, um, the competitive eating competitions, um, everyone of all body sizes, like both smaller and larger men are competing, but I felt like it was a little bit fat phobic because the entire, the, Bella, who was a fat person as well, his entire character motive and the only thing that made his character interesting was that he was somehow like always eating, and I just feel like that's really... Like, it's not integral to the character. It doesn't really, like, give him a personality. I feel like it just sort of plays off of tropes of fat people, like, that fat people never stop eating, which is just bullshit, you know? You're not a fat person because you overeat. Like, it's it's likely just genetic. Anyways, I'm spitballing here. I was a little bit frustrated with that. But, so competitive eating is a pastime. For some reason, we meet this weird kid who eats a lot, blah, 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 blah. So, Gizzy and Kalman, quote-unquote, have a baby together. We don't know if it's uh, Kalman's kid, but they name him Lyosh, and then Lyosh grows up to become a taxidermist. We're the third vignette, hallelujah. Okay, so Lyosh is a taxidermist. He has, like, a brief... I think he's socially awkward, doesn't really know how to communicate with people. It's not integral to his character. It doesn't really play a lot into it. Not really sure. Like, I feel like a lot of the things that were included were just included to wrap up the film to 90 minutes like you could have cut out i don't know 40 minutes and still have a film with the same exact ending and purpose um so i feel like a lot of it was unnecessary um so yeah his looking for love arc had no weight in the ending but he lives in his taxidermy store and somewhat takes care of his father kalman so as i said that that gizzy and kalman have a baby gizzy left kalman because in they once again horrify and attempt to scare viewers with a fat person because they use body horror elements to make Kalman look a lot larger and um, quote like like they aim to make him look disgusting and to retrify if that's a, a word um, fat people and so apparently Gizzy left Kalman because he's fat and so. Laosh takes care of his father and locks him in a cage where Kalman sits and eats all day. Of course, you know, that's what every uh, every fat person does. I'm being sarcastic. Like, of course not. I, I really think it's stupid that, like, oh yeah, this is a fat person's only daily exercise and, like, routine is that all they do is just sit around and eat, which is so stupid. But even if that's true... Anyways, calm down, Maddie. <laughs> okay, anyways... So, Kalman, uh, for some reason, becomes frustrated in his son for not um, becoming more because Kalman feels like he was amazing and he wishes his son were more amazing because Kalman has a vomiting technique named after him. And what does his son have? Um, so, they get into a big argument um, and Lyosh accidentally leaves a cave- cage open. The cage is left open and cats get in and eat Kalman. Because, you know, that's what cats do. They eat living human people. (laughs) I have heard about cats eating dead people. And honestly, like, that's kind of comforting. Like, if my cat ate me and I died, like, I'd be honored. Anyways, that's extremely improbable. Like, a cat's not going to eat you if you're alive. 
So they, he, the cats eat him. <laughs> and then uh, Lyosh comes home and then stuffs his father of taxidermy and then makes a statue of himself. That's the entire film. So, I mean, <laughs> what is there to say? Like, it's, 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 I'm not going to, like, analyze the characters. I am just going to say that I did learn a few things, and I might just be a conspiracy theorist with these few, but I think, I was thinking a lot, like, what is the purpose of messaging this film? And this is what I think that it is. I think that it's aiming, um, and very shoddily, aims to show the effects of Soviet influence on Hungary. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Exactly, I just read a Wikipedia article, and I saw a few parallels I, I i'm not so i think that if you were hungarian you would find a lot more purpose in this film and, and it would make a lot more sense because i'm sure that like the maybe that like jobs disappeared after soviet influence and people had to do more niche things like become a taxidermist or enter in like eating competitions i'm not sure about that so i don't want to speak on something that i'm not um educated on but i do think that this film does try to provide um, criticism and critique. That's the same word, critique and criticism. Criticism and commentary on Soviet influence. So I think that the film is aiming to say that communism uses pain and suffering as a pleasure um, and as an art. But, you know, I don't agree with that. I think that just is what um, the director was aiming to do. And I do want to commend this film, because in way too many horror films, we see plenty of female exploitation, exemplary, uh, uh, too much female nudity, and it's it's always sexualized. There are very few horror films in which I feel like female nudity is not sexualized. I feel like one rare example is Martyrs. There's a lot of female nudity, but I don't feel like it is there for the male eye. Um, this film, however, did show you two penises. It did show you a vagina as well, and it did show naked women, but I feel like this one was pretty equal, and I was nervous in Morisco Vani's um, vignette because it was scaring me just in the beginning, but it wasn't heavily exploitative of females, and that might just be because there is very little women in this film. <laughs> it did negatively depict, depict um, Gizzy of being like, oh, she just got married, she's gonna go have sex with um, Kalman's friend. It's definitely not positive representation of women, uh, but I feel like out of all of the horror films out there, um, this is not the worst on female exploitation. So let that just be for the record. Um, okay, also, like, mm, not to penis shame, but for some reason, Morish Govani, he had, like, this weird, like, once again, there are things that added to the film, like, that, oh my gosh, sorry, that are necessary. Like, for some reason, he, like, dips his dick in ice water. For what reason? Like, did they just want to show me a small penis? Like, I've seen plenty of those. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't need to see it again. Um, I don't need a film to see a small dick. But there was that, and there was also, like, this... I, I was trying to, like, reference um, pedophilia on Morish Govani's part to, like, the little match. Um, like, it was, it was unnecessary. So I'm not sure what that was about, but... I don't know, girl. I don't know. So, uh, 
here are my issues with the film. Um, I said that it uses fatness as a horror device, and I've, I've said that earlier in the film. Um, and it used fat phobic cliches as character motivations. I'm not afraid of fat people, uh, unlike most people. <laughs> fat people don't scare me. I don't think that any horror is derived from seeing a fat person. And I think it's really lazy and lacks technique to use a fat person to derive horror. And I don't think that body horror should be used to make someone fatter and then be used as like, oh, look at how terrifying and disgusting this is. Someone with a larger body does not terrify me, you know? I thought that was extremely lazy and shoddy and, and, and stupid. So this is also categorized as a comedy. I didn't think anything was funny in this film. Um, that, but I have a... No, I'm, I'm pretty freaking hilarious. Like, no, I, I, I'm... I'm flawless with my humor, you know. There also is a lot of um, heavy reliance on body horror, and it wasn't the best. Um, Kalman, in the end, was seen as a much larger person um, with the use of body um, and practical effects. He didn't look real. He looked very pale. looked like he, like, dipped himself in an entire vat of foundation, um, and it just didn't look good. But also, there's a surgery scene in the end when Lyosh becomes a statue, and you see him, like, remove all of his innards. I'm becoming picky, but this is just because I've seen a lot of body horror films. He, like, does a lot of surgery and does not use a cauterizer, but there's somehow no blood. And so, like, although the, like, the organs and the innards looked good, it just wasn't really believable. That's nitpicky, I understand that. Um, and what, there was what else I was gonna say... Yeah, they're, when the cats eat Kalman, um, it's not believable either. And I know this was made in 2006, and we've come along... Well, Society was made in 1989, and that was really good. So, yeah, you know what? I retract my statement. It should have been better. Um, if they wanted Kalman to die and to be eaten by cats, make it look believable. Also, I watched the film with subtitles. I did not... I always watched the original film um in the original language this was in hungary and this is sound design was extremely weird because it seemed like there were certain characters that were voiced over and other characters that weren't so i'm not sure what that was um but it just led to not the best sound quality i'm not like a huge sound design and music person i just noticed that as well and i feel like it has to be extremely blatant for me to notice it also another issue i had of mine was just like the tub allegory was set up pretty explicitly in the beginning and it was never carried through i think that the, that the tub was used very briefly if at all, in um, Kalman's vignette, and then it was just completely dropped off, and it was never seen in Laios's. So, if you're going to use symbolism and ideology, make sure it's consistent, and this was not. Um, and then my last statement is, it's just not good. Like, it's not horrible. I didn't despise it. It's not making me seethe with rage, like... Um, a Lars von Trier film. I just would never recommend it to anyone, and I... Hope that no one else watches it. <laughs> also, like, so to me, nitpicky, of course. I just, I think that so many things could have been done better with this film. And I personally think, so at the end, you see the taxidermied version of um, Kalman. And there are cats coming from his stomach. And I think that it would have been so much more impactful if instead of, like, Lyos just made himself into, like, a Michelangelo David type figure. I think it would have been so much more impactful and thought-provoking if Lyos made himself into a cat to represent the purpose and reason of his father's death that was just a thought on my part um but yeah 
I wouldn't say go watch this film. This one isn't making me seethe with rage. It's just, like, I'm, like, getting bored. <laughs> and I'm getting bored. Like, I was bored watching it. So, oh, my gosh. I referenced Metrophobia, and I never talked about it. So I'm just going to briefly talk about it because I did put that trigger warning. Um, in the second vignette with Coman and the, the competitive eaters, these people shovel down food. And then for some reason, you get to see them, like, vomit it all back up into a vat. Um, and it was, that was also pretty bad, like, it was, it looked like there was water being sprayed out of their mouth, it wasn't, like, effective, (laughs) it didn't look like real vomit, it looked like there was, like, a little tube right by their mouth that was, like, drizzling out water, um, so yeah, that was the emetrophobia, it was just gross, like, it wasn't, yeah, it's splatterpunk, um, it wasn't good, it wasn't effective, it was just gross and had no purpose to the story, and could have been used in smaller quantities and been much more effective, so, yeah, those are my opinions on the, um, the movie, splatterpunk doesn't really work for me, I, I have extreme tolerance to disturbing content, like, these things don't bother me, They just make me really frustrated because these things can be used to be so much more impactful and they're really not. Um, Speaking of splatterpunk, if any of you like to read, I read this short story called Strawberry Shortcake and it had like the cutest cover ever. I was so excited to read it. I saw it on Goodreads and I I have a, a, um, a tough stomach to these things and that entire book this is going to be gross, was about a guy who goes to a state fair and eats um, a tam- um, a pad so with um, maggots on it. <laughs> and when I read that book, I was like, why the fuck did I read it? And I feel the same way about this. I, I can withstand these disturbing things, but do I want to? Yes, if it's done effectively, and this was not. So... I don't know what else to say. I would not suggest this film. It was nice to be able to mark it off my watch list. I've been keeping my eye on it for a while. And it was actually pretty critically acclaimed, which was kind of crazy to me. I'm sure that many people who are much more well-versed in um, Hungarian history know much more about this and see much more of an influence than I do. I don't. So I give this two out of five. So it's, it's not bad. It's just below average. Um, and I think that I liked it a lot more when I did find out the communist and the soviet parallels oh so i do want to say this with um a big uh, like don't believe me so i did read a wikipedia article and i read that an anti-communist protest was done in um a town that had laos in the name and so i was wondering if those two are considered to be syllogisms for another that um anti-communists and Laos, and Laos is supposed to represent that, or just, like, the bane of communism, but also take that with a grain of salt, because the original author of, like, the three stories is also named Laos, so it might just be in, like, a uh, homage to him. So, yeah, that is Taxidermia from 2006. I, yeah, I'm indifferent, but anyways, thank you so much for listening, as always, let me know what you want to hear or what you want to... I, I want to make sure that the things that I am doing are what you want to be listening to because I really value your time and I, I thank you for listening, but I want to make sure that the things that you want to see are being reflected in this. Um, very thankful for all the support. It's really nice to just see my numbers go up slowly but surely. And I'm very thankful for each and every one of you. Um, 
for being here and enjoying what I make because I honestly really just do like talking about films and it's really nice to have a place where I can express myself and talk about things without making those around me extremely bored. But I hope you're having an amazing January. I'm really excited for my next podcast. I'm going to be talking about everything that I watched on Letterboxd in January. And yeah, I hope that you have an amazing, amazing Sunday and are kind to yourself and others. Bye-bye.